coming to you actually live. Fuck it, Tom. We're doing it live. It's the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your host, Drunk Shy Sox fan and Hot Take Tommy. I'm doing the intro today. We got a fun one for you, ladies and gentlemen. We got a special guest. The one, the only, Brew Hand Luke. What's going on, guys? Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. All this brought to you by us. So go rate, subscribe, review, RSR. Oh, no, it's RRS, isn't it? No. Rate, subscribe, review. I think I got it right. Are you taking lessons from my sex summer on sponsorship ads here? We definitely should be. Yeah, we need to get on that shit, like, honestly. And we're about to do some fucking, like, free advertising right here, so... We're gonna drink a a beer uh, from an undisclosed location until they fucking pay us. With <laughs> You're the worst. You know that? You really are. No, we're not. We are disclosing what beer we're drinking. Luke, would you like to disclose? Um, yeah, I will disclose it. This is the Ephus... Double dry hop session IPA from Old Irving. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Super, super stoked for this beer. We've already cracked them open. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Here we go. First taste. Okay. That's really good. It's uh, quite delicious. Um, it's We're drinking it out of a can, which is... Also interesting, which I don't really do. Pour it out of the glass. Who's the goddamn host you know? here? What the fuck? Um, but the, the new thing, apparently, some people are saying, yeah, you should drink it out of the can. So now I'm really trying to figure out what the hell am I doing? Why have I been drinking it out of a glass this entire time when people are saying well, who, drink it out of a can? Who's saying drink it out of a can? Um, other beer nerds. Okay. People that oh, are nerdier cool. beer nerds than me. Here's so. my thing about drinking out of cans right now. I feel like a lot of these places that are opening up and getting like busier for the first time in forever, how many of them have been cleaning their beer lines like all throughout the pandemic? So all those tap beers might be, you know, um, well, <laughs> I've already had my complaints about some taps at Guaranteed Rate Field. I don't yeah, know about you, Luke. There's There's been some interesting uh, dilemmas with some of the taps, but I won't say anything negative about it because, you know, you go to the ball game, you have a beer, uh, you have certain beers specifically that you may or may not want to have. Uh, I got a blog coming up about it soon at some point that uh, will be posted, you know, wrote it recently. That's true. So for those of our listeners who may not know who you are, who may not be involved on the White Sox Twitter sphere, Luke, can you uh, explain who you are, what you do, what you like to do for fun, your involvement with uh, the brand that is on your hat right now? That is true. We're all wearing the same hat. Yeah, that's we're kind of all wearing the same from the 108 uh, 90s. What did they call it? The 90s hat or whatever? Totally 90s. Hat. Is, that, is that what it says in the uh, shop? I have no idea. I think so. So it's not part of the Brewhand Luke special though. So no, get the Brewhand Luke special though. If they still have it, those those headbands are selling like hotcakes, and then you get three stickers to go along with there it. You I, would, go. I would go ahead and do that. So Luke, give us your elevator speech. All right, so my elevator speech, I mean, you, you said, like, I was this very special guest. I mean, that's, that's a bit much there. I'm just, I'm just a dude. I've, I've, I've seen your guest list on these shows. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a dude that likes to drink beer and Compared watch the White Compared to some Sox. of our guests, you're top tier. <laughs> oh, you mean like, uh, like, like Kerry. Yeah, I know. He's, 
that that guy's he's the worst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, you're like a step up from some of these guys, you know. Yeah. Um. So I write beer blocks for the guys in the 108. Um. White Sox season ticket holder in that section. Been a Sox Sox fan my entire life. Um. And I'm just here drinking more beer, talking White Sox with you guys. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Short short elevator speech. You know, we only went up one flight, so. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I'm out here thinking to myself, you know, how do I get to know your blogs better? And in, in that case, you would respond with? Uh, go read them. <laughs> All right. What's the website? What's the, like? Oh, so from the108.com. And there's a section because the theme is baseball, beer, and bullshit. So you click the link for the beer section, and there's all sorts of beer blocks written by myself, written by my sack summer, uh, the other guys, beef and Charisi will contribute into the beer section periodically as well. Uh, and there's all the great information information on the site as well about baseball and bullshit. <laughs> uh, I just do the beer stuff, you know, when I have time, and it gets posted when they have time. Yeah, and Treasy's drunk ass was on the game last night with uh, the postcards from KC. I don't know if y'all caught it. I <laughs> did see that. He's <laughs> fucking passed out in the stands in Kaufman. That photo is legendary. It is, it is just such a good photo. You it know that very that was, fitting. That was the first time I had ever seen that photo from Kansas City. I've seen some interesting ones from their Detroit trips. I had never seen that Kansas City one before. So I feel like I've stumbled across that photo once before, like a while ago. But that that is a really great Cherizy, just kind of a picturesque <laughs> just picture perfect description of who Cherizy is when the beers get flowing. <laughs> there must be a reason why they don't <laughs> they don't tend to post <laughs> that picture a whole lot. I just love that it made the broadcast. It is so perfect. Now Luke, you were telling me you were a Sox fan. You were in, you're, you've been a Sox fan your entire life, right? Give Correct. us your something that we do with every guest on our show is we ask their Sox story, basically. So give us the background of how you became a Sox fan, why you're a Sox fan, how you remained a Sox fan, because you're you're a little bit older than both of us, not by much, just a little bit, a hair. Um, give us your uh, give us your rundown of yeah how you became a Sox fan, why you're still a Sox fan today. Um, well, I'm not that old. You make me sound like yeah, I'm no, like... No, you're no Pete Hand, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was kind of born into it, which was the greatest thing ever. Um, my dad grew up a White Sox fan. My mom grew up a White Sox fan. Uh, my dad, when he was a kid, he became a White Sox fan in 1959 with the Go-Go Sox. Um, then he grew up to become a Sox fan from there. That was the reason why he became a Sox fan. Um... And as I was younger, we'd go to a lot of games at the old Comiskey Park. And I think the last year or two of it, I feel like my dad's work or something that when I was at that age must have had season tickets. And like the last two years of it, he was kind of like, we're going to all these games. And I was like five, six years old. So I don't remember a lot of it, but I just, I do remember like, this is it. This is the last years of this stadium. And this is pretty cool. And like, I got to go there a lot. Um, and then the new new Comiskey came up, came about the, that ninety three ninety four era with the Sox and Frank Thomas, Rob Ventura. That really got me hooked in a ton. Um, and then two thousand, you had the team in two thousand, and then oh five. Oh, I was in college. Right over the Michael Jordan era. What was <laughs> I don't I don't particularly <laughs> like to mention that that era. So funny story about that. Um, 
we were at the playoff game against the Blue Jays. This is probably my least favorite White Sox memory of all time. Oh, God. <laughs> this was 93, right? 93. So put this into perspective. Tommy and I were not born in 93. Okay. But <laughs> exposure. <laughs> exposure on the age. But go ahead. You were still young. You were I was kid. in third grade. No, fourth grade. Fourth grade when the playoffs <laughs> happened. So that would be that would be 93 starting fourth grade for me. Um and my dad and I went to that game. We got I got home from school. He's like, "Hey, we're going to the game." I'm like, "Holy crap! We're going to a White Sox playoff game." It was amazing. We got there. Great Michael deal. Jordan threw out the first pitch. <laughs> Crowd was going insane. And then the White Sox got absolutely steamrolled by the Blue Jays. It was miserable. I remember my dad going up to either go to the concession line or the bathroom line. He heard on the radio that Michael Jordan was retiring. Came back to the seats, told me that, and I said, "No, you're joking. You're messing with me." Got in the car on the way home. And uh, it was true. And dude, so that that was probably the worst White Sox game I've ever been you know, to. Because I was, was just thinking that. about that because they showed that on the la- when they did the Last Dance, ESPN, and, and that docu series, yep. right? And I thought about it. and I was like, damn! Like number first and foremost, that moment stole the thunder away from the White Sox being in the playoffs. Obviously, Michael Jordan was Chicago sports in the early mid '90s. But on top of that. It was the Sox got fucking blown out. It's an awful game. For it's the terrible, Sox. absolutely terrible. Damn, what a shitty day in Chicago sports. <laughs> it was awful. I mean, yeah, glad I wasn't there for it. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then then the Michael Jordan White Sox era started, which I have my own personal thoughts about all that and Michael Jordan White Sox jerseys, and that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that, so that, that helped get me hooked. And then the 2000 team, 05 Sox, just, I've been a lifer, lived close to the park my entire life, quick drive there and back all the time. Absolutely. So, Did you go to the parade in 05? Uh, no, I was in college at the time. I had class the next morning and the morning after that. Um, I was just fresh off of that summer turning 21 years old. So you can imagine how that was when the White Sox <laughs> win the World <laughs> Series shit. at the age of 21. <laughs> I would imagine I don't think Steve would be alive if he was if they won in your 21st year of life. Like I like I would stand by that. I don't think you would have made it. I mean, if it means anything, I was 21 when the Cubs won the World Series. And you're fine. And I didn't I didn't drink myself under a table. So the people around you did. Well, in celebration mode. I didn't go into full misery, you know, hide the razor blades and everything. But I'm not like an anti-cub person either, though. Too. I mean, shit. I actually went down for the uh, for the parade. So that's actually a good question. Are you anti-cub, Luke? It depends to the degree of how obnoxious the cub fan is. Fair. So, so you're anti-cub fan, not anti-cub. It's important distinction. There's a distinction there. I have a lot of friends that are Cubs fans. Same. But they do speak good baseball knowledge and listen and have conversations. But if it's a crazy, hardcore troll on Twitter, Cub fan, yeah, um, yeah, no. But um, there's some good people on Sox Twitter that are Cubs fans, like Yumper and K-Fids, that are good people, that yeah. are good baseball people in general. Um, but I'm more of the route of screw the Twins. And everybody else in our division over uh, the Cubs, but I still don't root for the Cubs. Never, won't ever happen. So <laughs> in any situation, well, that's a good question. So you said you said fuck the Twins. Would that be your least favorite division team? 
100%. Give me your reasons why. Oh, God. I mean, Tory Hunter, Jack Jones. Oh, man, those mid-2000s, man. Painful. Uh, Thorn in our side. Yeah, it, they just they don't go away ever. And even right now, we feel like they're going away. I'm afraid they, they will come back just because. Not to mention the Metrodome. Growing up, watching games in the Metrodome, the White Sox were awful there. And it was that stupid turf and nothing came off right. Any, any ball that was hit into the ground. The place was a gigantic garbage bag. Yes, the trash bag. It, it was a terrible, terrible stadium. Loki actually looks like a trash. It looks like yeah. a trash bag. My, my brother lived in Minneapolis for a number of years, and we went to games in the Metronome and also in the new Target Field. The new Target Field's great. It's pretty to look at. It's, it's very nice, but that old stadium is by far the worst sporting venue I've ever seen in my entire life in person. I mean, it's not even close. My dad always told stories about going to the uh, old Pittsburgh Stadium and how it was just like a bowl, like a cement bowl next to the fucking uh, – river there in yeah. Allegheny and now they've redone it like that's one of the prettiest fucking ballparks out there so you know there's there's a trend you know go from shittiest ballpark to prettiest ballpark but yeah what Oakland Coliseum's next oh my god it's the dimensions of that park that bug the shit out of me just like the the excess foul ground and the the dimensions and the outfield everything about it I mean, it's a fucking NFL stadium. Like, <laughs> you bring up a good point. You bring a good point. Okay, Luke, least favorite ballpark right now in Major League Baseball. Go. That I've been to in person or just in general? Give us both. Oh. Well, see, that's where – in person, it's hard because I try to make trips based off stadiums I want to see in person. Fair. Um, you can include minor leagues. can include minor leagues. Or I, independent ball. Schaumburg Boomer Stadium. <laughs> oh, the, the Schaumburg Bo- Boomer Stadium was outstanding. Um, except Not for that, according to this guy. The, the app ordering except service. Except for the beer service. The beer service, which uh, you got refunded for, I believe, right? Oh, so they, they, they won you over. The You're good there. Um, Oakland's got to be the top the top of the list there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Just doesn't help that the Sox play like shit there usually, too. Um Least favorite ballpark I've been to. Ooh, that's that's tough. To be honest with you, because I've I think I've enjoyed every single ballpark that I've been to more or less. It, honestly, if I were to pick one, Detroit. Probably Detroit. Like our buddy James w- would murder me for this one, but it's just very like I don't know. It feels more like an amusement park than it does a baseball park. It's a fucking like cavernous bullshit it's like the most basic boring stadium in the world in my opinion and i'm i've never oh, been no, so wrigley <laughs> yeah i mean you can't what, what are your thoughts on wrigley? see wrigley field is an outstanding concert venue <laughs> I, I know you've seen that. pearl jam there who I've else seen, have you seen there i've seen pearl jam i've seen dead and company um so I've seen Pearl Jam four times there. I've seen Dead and Company there once. Should be way more times than that. But five times, Did I think. Dead I and vouch- Company with Mayer. Yeah. What are your thoughts on John Mayer? I gotta ask. He is one of the best guitar players alive. Reach. He's one of the best guitar players alive. There's a reason why he's playing <laughs> with the Dead and touring with the Dead because he's that damn good. So. <laughs> I can't comment. Comments on John Mayer. Tom. <laughs> 
pretty sure. Anyway, I'm not. Gonna <laughs> he sings good sometimes. Um, so I I want to say this is something that I don't think most Sox fans will agree with me on. I enjoy going to Wrigley Field and watching a game, and it's so, there is something to it being like fucking old as shit. It's just kind of fun. I don't know. Except for when you're sitting behind a pole. Yeah, the poles are dumb and the fucking fans are dumb and there's nowhere to nowhere to walk because it's all the concourse is like three inches wide. I don't know where people like skinny as fuck in the 1920s. I like what is this? <laughs> their uh, their beer selection is extremely subpar. Also, that is a big fact. And it's like 11 bucks. So I get it. I get it. I get it. But, you know, all things considered. And I, I lived in the neighborhood. Right. So it was it was nice to walk over there and watch the Giants play the, the Cubs like a couple times while I was living in Lakeview, but I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of, it's, uh, it's kind of nice. I don't know. It's, 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 you guys hate me for this? I, Not at all. I, I think, I think no, it's a I, very I, yeah. good scenic place as a fan to watch the a ballpark game. ballpark in and of itself. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful field. But beautiful that's, field. Oh, that's, that's about it. It's a beautiful field and it's an amazing concert venue. The rest of it, eh, whatever. Pretty pretty shit. I'm be honest. That's my opinion. Um, speaking of beer selection, though, um, we kind of brushed over this. We are drinking Old Irving Brewing, Ephus right now. Um, Luke, you know more about this beer than I do. I want you to give a breakdown first off of of the significance of this beer, and then tell me what your thoughts are on it. Your your deep thoughts. Your deep analysis. So okay. Far. So we're gonna go deep in thought here, and because uh, you are Brewhan Luke, you are that is the official 108 guy for beer yeah um so the ephus it's a session ipa it's double dry hop for a session which is really cool uh five percent abv just looking at the can itself the artwork is pretty groovy i think i think that's the term for it is it's it's groovy if, if you've seen this it's a limited tap room only release from old irving so you can't just go to Benny's or your bottle shop or wherever and go and pick this up you have to go to the tap room and they collaborated on this with a with enosaurus who was he fan graphs right he works or he's a fan graphs yeah. guy yeah. big time big time baseball nerd and also and beer aficionado a huge beer aficionado he probably puts me to shame with all his beer knowledge i'm not gonna lie if, if his base if his beer knowledge is like his baseball knowledge then he's Good gonna look at you. me and be like what the hell is this guy talking about with this beer <laughs> um hopefully he hears this one day um got a lot of let's see one two three four five six nope that's just a label going back over again so <laughs> they listed the hops twice and i counted it two times so cashmere Motueka, Kohatu, Tops. Hops. I don't know what that last one is. I've never heard of it, but it's delicious. I don't know what it looks like on the inside because I'm drinking it out of a can. So that's interesting. I just pour it on the ground. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> you got to pour one out for the homies. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to keep this label and put it on my dartboard backdrop in my man cave mm. because that's, that's kind of my collection is on the – background of my dartboard you don't put a dartboard on the wall you have to have something behind it because if you drink and you play darts you're going to miss the board and hit your wall and ruin your drywall so <laughs> the backdrop is like a plywood piece and i keep putting uh cool beer labels on there because they're all kind of just stickers you can peel off and put on there uh this is 
damn good. I I wish that this wasn't a taproom only release because if if the White Sox were able to find a way to get this in their ballpark Ooh. in the craft Ooh. cave when the craft cave is able to be open, like I got I got tripped up by that the last homestand because I saw a craft cave open down there. Went down there, all the fridges and coolers are empty, and it's just the bar that was open. Right. right? Immediately was sad, but this is a great beer for watching baseball with because it's low ABV and it's got double the dry hops on it with all three hops and you could taste all the different flavors in here it's it's something else (laughs) absolutely I agree like the thing is with this like I know originally yes I finished mine already um it was that tasty like that's how good I think this is um when we were talking about it before I think your prediction was like it was going to be like Beezer, but lower ABV. Yes, like sessionable. It, that's what it reminds me of. And it has those notes, like uh, like those juicy notes, but it's not as juicy. Yeah. I think it's like it's very to me. Like I like juicy beer. I know you're a big juicy beer guy. Yeah, love the love the uh, the hazy and the double dry hop stuff. That's that's very much a 108 type of uh, themed beer. Right, right. And for me, this this has more more of a beer profile to it like it's just like you know a lot more i don't feel like i'm drinking a juice right yeah i feel like i I am drinking like a beer and it's a very flavorful beer like when you talked about all the flavors coming out yeah absolutely this this is awesome this is really good i'm really excited for a second one (laughs) yeah these are tall boys by the way so uh (laughs) even though it's session we're gonna end up with drunk shy socks fan in a couple hours um so my my thing is have Either of you, because I know I haven't. Have either of you seen an Ephus live action? Just in the movie Rookie of the Year when Henry Rowan Gardner to his mother <laughs> told him to do the floater pitch. Um, Mary Rowan Gardner. I think that's very appropriate with it being Mother's Day that we talk about Henry Rowan Gardner's mother there and infla- influencing the Ephus Happy Mother's pitch. Day, Mom. <laughs> like she listens. Am I right? She doesn't. Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to hold straight. It's Mother's Day. Exactly. Be nice. My mom actually told me, she's like, I haven't been listening to your podcast, but I really should start listening to it more. I was like, thanks, Mom. I appreciate the love. And you're like, wait, maybe let uh, just we'll start bleeping out the swears for you. Like, <laughs> God fucking damn it. Uh, yeah. So happy Mother's Day, Mom, while we're here, while we're on that topic. It's true. Um, but yeah, great beer. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to need to crack open another one. And we'll do a word from our <laughs> what sponsor. Go rate, subscribe, review to the Sons of Honarchy podcast. And go follow our guy that we have on our podcast at Brew Hand Luke. Very easy. like an ad segment or something to roll uh fucking rate subscribe review that's what it is rate subscribe review is that what you did rate subscribe review rsr yep that's what it is so you got it right for the first time in your life and then i doubted myself as i also like hit myself (laughs) in the face with the mic luke's pouring a beer so he's not uh up to our bullshit right now which is totally good oh we're live we're back fuck it we're doing it live updates all right so (laughs) here's what i gotta ask luke really quick Okay. Of you. Regular season is already 20% of the way over, right? I got to ask you th- three quick questions. What are you surprised most about? What are you disappointed most about? 
and what do you predict about the Sox to finish the year? All right, you're going to have to repeat those questions again. Well, Start with, I, got, I got number one. What are we surprised about? What am I surprised about? Um, I think everybody is surprised about Carlos Rodon dominating. I'm not. <laughs> that is true. We have the biggest Carlos Rodon right. stand sitting he, right between us. That he He's dominating. He's flat out dominating. We saw a no-hitter in person. That was incredible. Um, yeah, fuck you guys. He's now he's a Cy ha, Young ha. Award winner at this point in time. Um a month ago, I was just looking on my FanDuel account a month ago when he was having good outings. I think it was either the game before the no-hitter or right after the no-hitter. I don't remember. I, I got to go look and check the time I think stamp. you put it on right before the no-hitter. Right before. Um, $10 bet to win 700 to win the Cy Young. So that's looking okay right now. But we'll see because, like you said, it's only 20% of the way in. But, I mean, to have a bounce back is one thing. But to be at where Carlos Rodon is – is a whole nother fucking world of incredibleness, which is a word. No, I just, you're you're ab- like, <laughs> that is okay. We make up words on this podcast <laughs> all the time. Now I do have to ask you real quick with the what was it AL pitcher of the month and being Garrett Cole. I know there was a lot of Sox Twitter that had their panties up in a bunch about it. Like, are you that kind of person, or I, I got to ask you about this? Were you upset about that? Uh, my thoughts on pitcher and player of the month awards is I don't give a shit because I'd rather them win the World Series and win yep. division titles and let's move on. Get over it. A thousand percent. Congrats on having four good starts. Fuck the Yankees. The Yankees. <laughs> the Yankees lose. Um, I mean, here, yeah, I, I could care less too, Luke. I'm, I'm with you. I uh, really quick want to take a sidebar. Jose Abreu just got clocked in the upper bicep you know he, he tends to get hit a lot because he's he's close to the plate when he bats but he sprinted to first base fuck kc let's go oh abreu's like playing with a different swagger right now i think he's got a swing back i think he he's he, he's ready to roll i expect him i said it in the final five on friday expect him to heat up this month um we're watching the final game of the kc Sox series right now obviously socks down one nothing to start the game but you know what it's plenty of game to be played um, Luke, what's the biggest disappointment for you so far this year? Ooh, uh, the biggest disappointment? Oh, this is controversial. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. We're all about controversy on this podcast, baby. Go for it. The biggest disappointment is the fact that our manager doesn't know the fucking rules of the game. Ooh. Ooh. How many seconds do I have to decide to review this? Can I put a uh, a pitcher on the base? Yeah, I love pitchers on the base paths. Here's the deal. It's a dumb rule to begin with. It was a new rule. Yes, somebody. Here's the thing. Somebody should know it, right? Whether it be he, him, whether it be Cairo, whether it be Debo, it was somebody, right? My biggest problem in that game, that Reds game, that second game, that we probably should have won. We lost one nothing in ten. My biggest problem is, especially with Tony, why the hell is he sending Larry Garcia? on a steal with one out with runners in the corners. That's also the decision-making bothers me more than any lineups. I don't care about the lineups of freaking out before the game for the lineups because you have to play the game still. You have to get on the field and play the game and let shit shake out. But when you have in-game decision-making like that with Leary, that was a headache. But the the rule-making, the thing with the rules just drives me insane because I don't care what sport, on what level you are, if you are in charge of the program, if you're the manager, if you're the head coach, your job that you get paid to do is to know the rules. Like, 
you have to read the rule book. You have to inform your assistant coaches about the rules. And if you're not sure of something and your assistant coaches should be comfortable and you should have a strong relationship with your assistant coaches where they could speak up and say, no, Tony, um, you know, we could do this instead here. Instead of openly saying, I mean, I give Tony credit, I suppose, for being honest and saying, oh, I didn't know that was the rule. But that's your job as the head as the head man in charge. Like that's that's. And when there's like year in and year out, there's always rule changes in every sport, no matter what year in and year out. You need to be informed about the updates and the changes, especially when you haven't been in the league managing for 10 plus years. You should be freshening yourself up and saying, oh, these are the newest rules since I last was in the dugout. I better make sure I know these ahead of time. So that's a, that's the biggest disappointment for me. Instead, he's out here like that. Is, is that what he said? Is that, or <laughs> the response to Giolito's comment is, uh, is, I can't even imitate this drunk ass old man. I that, isn't that what he said? The, the way he talks is mad. I swear, he might conference. not be drinking during the games, but he has like been permanently damaged from alcohol. You can just like see it in his face and in his <laughs> word choices and, and his speech. I'm not one to be bashing a manager because, again, it's – impacting a handful of games here and there every season but it's the whole thing with not knowing the rules that that, that just keeps coming back to me you're mean with a fucking great piece of hitting you're goddamn man jose this is my uh this is the birth of my play-by-play career right here jose abreu just striding into home you're mean mercedes out here with a triple let's fucking go yeah, whether that be – I don't know if there's going to be any error on that play because that was – whoever their center fielder is, that was very terribly red. Like, that's like a routine play for Luis Robert, which, like, leads me to, like, the biggest disappointment this year for the White Sox has definitely been, like, the injuries. Like, if this team was fully healthy – think about this lineup with Eloy in it. Think about this lineup with Luis in it on a daily basis, right? And then you get like this wild card of your mean Mercedes, who is definitely my big surprise of the year. Um, it's just nuts. Like when this team's fully healthy, if we can stick it out, if we can make sure that this team gets a playoff spot going into September, dangerous, absolutely dangerous. This this could be our year, guys. Like, can you wrap your head around that, or or am I overreacting? Like, think about that, Luke. What do you think? Uh, no, I was talking to my dad about this this morning, how, one, we're fortunate that Eloy and Luis Robert don't need surgery, and two, we're yeah. fortunate they're going to be back the latest early August and Luis sometime in September, which means you win the division, you make the playoffs, and now you have this torrential monster of a lineup along with that pitching staff Watch out. Like that's that's Watch the <laughs> fuck out. Yo, um on the topic of your mean though, you know, so Chicago mainstream media has been on his ass about coming late to a, a game on what was it, Friday or Thursday, whatever it was. It was, uh, it was the Sunday game. It was the Sunday game. Bro, I'm showing up late to a Sunday game. I don't <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you. So like d- my question is, both of you guys, Luke, Steve, do you give a fuck? Here's the thing. You want to hold your players to high expectations. I get that. Sitting him for a game, that's fine. There was a point in that game. It was the Sunday game, if I'm not mistaken, against Cleveland. It was a Sunday game. At least pull him off the bench. If you don't want to start him, fine. That sends enough of a message. 
there were multiple points in that game. Jake Lamb was up with the bases loaded. <laughs> Jake Lamb was up he with was. the fucking bases loaded. And you've got guys on the bench. If you, I can't remember what Lamb played that game, whether he was the DH or whether he was somewhere in outfield. I would have to go and check. But you have guys on the bench, a.k.a. Billy Hamilton, that could have yeah, filled dog. in. Yeah, dog. Your guy. My guy. You already know. That could have filled in in that spot. At least give your mean an at-bat, right? Fine. We benched you. Start the game. Now's your time to shine. Go redeem yourself, right? Especially in a situation like that. In a game where runs for the White Sox were very hard to come by, you sat your hottest bat. So that was throughout the entire game. That was my biggest issue. If you want to bench him to start, fine. Pull him off in a pinch hit situation. The hard part for me with the year mean thing is we don't know the clubhouse rules. Maybe Tony has laid out expectations and rules for the team and for everybody else about, okay, if he was late and caught in traffic, why isn't he making a phone call to communicate, hey, I'm stuck in traffic? Or... If there's a policy about being late, he needs to understand that. Like we don't know what what the clubhouse rules and expectations are. We're we're not we're outsiders. Spoken like a true coach. So I mean, yeah. Well, hey, I love that you brought this up. And speaking like talking about we're outsiders and we might not see the full picture. I know there were some tweets going around, Luke, in regard to the White Sox training staff and your insight. I do have to ask you about this. You you are you are a track and cross country coach. Yes, and, and you were you were in support of kind of like, hey, there might be some issues here with strength and conditioning. I want to hear all of your insights, and then as a former collegiate athlete, as someone that you know, I guess prides themselves in being in physical shape a little bit. Not like I yeah, used to be, but no, you, you're still in physical shape. We've seen your. Uh, Pace per miles. <laughs> We've seen your White Sox run club pace per miles. Oh, we we know where you're at. Unprotected will, you know, vouch for that too. That is true. So I, I want to hear your insights on strength and conditioning and and kind of that whole situation. You well, know, with Luis, you know, going down for 12 to 16 and and other injuries throughout the system. I don't know that it's just a White Sox issue. It seems like it's a baseball wide issue mm. with. A lot of people coming up with hamstring, groin, Luis Roberts' hip injury. You know, a lot of these soft tissue sensitive muscles, especially, I mean, early in the season, it's cold in April. It's still cold. We're almost in the middle of May and we're still having a lot of people come up lame because of the weather. How much are they doing to warm up or stay loose other than their typical warm up routine? You know, are they prepared, you know, to go and sprint to first base or run the base pass? Um, Nobody really knows what they're doing. Again, we're outsiders. We're just kind of seeing based off of what we see. But it seems like there's a lot that could be corrected with a lot of these professional athletes. It's not something you fix in the season. But, like, with Mm -hmm. their sprinting technique, especially guys like T.A., Billy Hamilton, Adam Engel, who still has been out with a hamstring. Like, I don't – like, is he still in existence? And then, obviously, Luis. Yeah, Luis. And then there's, like, across the board, like, these guys that are threats on the base paths. Base paths. Do they know how to properly sprint? Like, are they doing any maximum speed training? What, like, is anybody evaluating how they run in the offseason to look at their front side and back side mechanics? It's not something that you're going to be able to fix For sure. during the season. This is offseason stuff. 
And I understand that everybody goes to different coaches in the offseason, but right. what are they doing? Nobody knows. I don't. Maybe they are looking at I 100% it, am with you on it's that. It's okay to question if they are or aren't doing that and have the conversation of, are they evaluating their sprinting technique? Are they evaluating how they run? Like when they do speed training, are they filming them and looking at their front side and backside right. mechanics? Because it's one thing to be fast, but if you don't know how to run, you are greatly, greatly risking injury with how you properly, with how you run incorrectly Absolutely. at a fast speed, especially coming out of a batter's box. I think you bring up a really interesting point, especially when it comes to like obviously these things need to be figured out in the off season. Um, that's like, that's on the organization for sure. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, I reflect back on like my running experiences in high school. I had terrible form and I was a distance runner. I wasn't a sprinter. Right. Yeah. Um, but I had terrible form and it wasn't until my senior year of high school where we had an athletic trainer that looked like literally took his iPad and he was like, I'm going to record you like literally running back and forth down the hall. It's as simple as that, right? He helped me in regard to my form, the way I was yeah. heel striking mm -hmm. and, and just foot striking in general in, in down the road in college because I would have definitely injured myself even more so. I mean, I had injury issues in, in college too, but it would have been even way worse if it wasn't for that correction. Yeah, and that's the thing. You evaluate and correct the techniques and the mechanic there, but it's not just saying, oh, you're doing this wrong. You have to add in the proper drills to do that. You know, and if you're looking for people to do it in the offseason, there's people all across the country. There's people in the Chicago area that I know personally that specifically work with people from high school all the way to the pros to work on their sprinting technique in the offseasons. They tie in a lot of different drills and speed type mechanics and sprint mechanic drills for this reason. And you brought up a good point. You were a distance runner, but you still need to learn how to run properly, regardless. Like Jose Abreu, Yermin Mercedes. Yermin Mercedes just legged out a triple, and it was some of the ugliest running I've ever seen. But guess what? <laughs> but guess what? Everybody should learn how to sprint properly if you're a professional Absolutely. athlete. It doesn't mean you're going to be the fastest guy, but if you're sprinting properly and you're more efficient, you are more likely to not only leg out a double or a triple, but you're more likely to feel a lot better if you're running efficiently. Right. Your mean might be feeling that a little bit tomorrow. Uh, yes. Would Albert Pujols still be in the league if he had some coaching from Bruhan Luke? Well, he's not currently in the league anymore. Yeah, it is true. Uh, well, he's not signed, that's for sure. Um, plus, this guy is like, what, 42 now? Um, so we got to give him a break. This is also one of the best players of our generation. So, year in and year out. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, easily. Go ahead. Hold on with that our generation bullshit. That man is not in our generation. <laughs> I'm sorry, I grew up watching Albert Pujols. I grew up watching Albert Pujols more than I watched. That's my fucking point. He's not in our generation. He's a generation above my guy. He's more but, like no, no, he's, no, he's more like I my generation. What what I'm saying is, I grew up watching Albert Pujols. I grew up watching Albert Pujols more than I watched Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, here's the thing: Ken Griffey Jr. great player. I remember him as a kid being just an injury prone dude that was, you know, really good when he could actually hit the field. Um, so, anyway. Off topic, nonetheless. Let's get back on the White Sox. Obviously, right now, 
ever since we've been talking about this and we got you know into our little segment here about athletic training and and sprint technique and all of that the white Sox have taken three one lead they're on pace right now to sweep the freaking royals this is amazing this is amazing so luke i the our last question when i was rolling off all those questions was like what do you predict about the Sox to finish this year where are you at with that right now i mean they're rolling and I got to give credit to Josh Nelson for one of his tweets that said, this is the time of the year with this stretch of games here. If we're going to go on a run, now's the time to do it. And I think the Sox are ready to roll and go on a run, despite having two of their best hitters out with injury for a significant period of time. They've got the best pitching staff we may have ever seen in our lifetime as White Sox fans. Definitely in your guys' lifetime, because you guys are like, what, 20 years old or something like that. (laughs) I mean, hey, 05, 05 pitching staff was I – mean, it was a lot of, you know, overachievers, especially in the bullpen. Especially yeah. in the bullpen, it was a lot of overachievers. But, um, yeah, I mean, especially the from top to bottom, from starting pitching to, to bullpen, this team is, is really pitching well right now. And once the offense starts to heat up, it's going to be even better. Once Avoy and Luis are in the lineup come playoff time, it's going to be even better. But I think that stresses the importance of – these games coming up, right? You had three. You had a bunch against Cleveland. You had before Cincinnati. You had um, you have three against Kansas City on the road. You have three against Minnesota at home. You have three against Kansas City at home. Think about this. When it comes to division games, you not only gain a game when you win, you also gain another game with that team getting in a loss in that in in that column, right? In the opposite column, in the bad column, right? So that's something to keep in mind when we're thinking about division games. Division games, technically, as bad as it sounds, are twice as important. Yeah, and that's why the Cubs aren't our fucking rivals. Like, (laughs) case in God's damn point right there. Exactly. So, Luke, as we wrap this thing up, final thoughts. Um, I'm looking forward to... This next homestand, and the White Sox are going to sweep the Twins. One of those games, ooh, ooh. one of those games, Colome is going to come I in and get it. absolutely gas. Canned. I really hope so. He's, that would be amazing. He's gonna he's gonna show up. He's gonna come out of the bullpen as the Twins gas can and get torched. I just love that Alex Colome is still the best, absolutely the best closer for the White Sox this year. Absolutely. Like, last year, this year, always best closer for the White Sox. Gotta fucking love it. I love that he's losing games uh, for Minnesota. I love that it's for a division rival and he's just absolutely sucking. But at the same time, too, I'd love to see Liam, you know, step up a little bit. I mean, he shut it down a little bit on Friday against Kansas City. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, in, in high leverage situations, he continues to perform I'm looking forward to some wins against Minnesota. I'm looking forward to absolutely whooping Kansas City's ass again next weekend and making sure that um, they are in their rightful spot in probably the fourth place spot in this division. Um, but, hey, Minnesota keeps shooting their own foot, which I absolutely love to. So. I'm just excited for September when all of Minnesota is like, if we just won more fucking games in April, if we had just won more fucking games in April. Too late, bro. Too fucking late. That that would be nice to be the Twins on that side of the spectrum instead of the White Sox this time. Because it Absolutely feels like it happens, it happens to the White Sox and the White Sox fans too much as fans. 
that we're the ones that melt down, like last year. You know, we didn't win the division. We made the playoffs. That was great. We won a playoff game. That was awesome. But that's true. We as fans are ready for more. Like it's time to win a division. Absolutely. It would be amazing to clinch the division in our home stadium. Like 2008. I was at fucking go. I was at that blackout game in 2008. Yeah. I mean, everybody was. You talk to any Sox fan. Oh yeah, I was there. I was there. (laughs) That was a game that all Sox fans were at. Eighty thousand in the stands. Yes, somehow. it's that. It, that was one of those games, um, and I'm ready for that to happen again. Win the division on our home turf, you know, by five games, just to have a good comfort level of a five game cushion. Be nice, you know. Not come down to the final weekend. Get a little bit of a stretch there where we could say. All right, we got some room to finally dial it back now. And this is our division. It's our time. Let's go. That's the perfect way to wrap it up. Tom? I got I mean, I got nothing to add. Let's fucking go. It's time to shine. Do you want to uh do official final shout out to Ephus here? Absolutely. We'll do a final shout out. Old Irving Brewing, great beer. Uh Enoceris. Awesome stuff. I'm glad you were able to collab with uh is it Saris or Saris? Saris. Saris. Apologies. Um, nonetheless, apologies for my mispronounced uh, name. I mean, everybody mispronounces my last name. It's literally four letters, too, still. But that being said, Tom, we've got a famous saying. In Han we trust. And Osiris or bust. Oh, I like that one. Okay. Check out the check out the blog, check out the beer reviews. Let's go sacks. That's right. Luke, thanks for joining us. Everyone else, have a great one. Thanks for tuning in. I was trying so hard to mispronounce that name. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>